takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Disappointing performance by the New York Islanders on Thursday night at the UBS Arena. They fall to the LA Kings by a score of 3-2, to two, and just did not give enough. We'll have our key takeaways from this game, but overall did not get the job done, and, and we'll explain why. We'll also preview both Saturday's game against Seattle, Sunday's game against the Minnesota Wild, two very important games for the Islanders as each loss means their margin for error is smaller and smaller. And we have the Islanders' first ever draft choice in team history, is our Islanders' birthday of the day. If you have something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is you'd like us to talk about. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so I'll give instant insight and analysis and always happy to interact with uh, fans and talk about what's going on on the ice or elsewhere. Uh, so please feel free to, to hit me up on Twitter. Again, Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI and I'll be live-tweeting during all the games. Let's start with what happened Thursday night at the UBS Arena. Islanders fall to the LA Kings, final score 3-2. to two. And, you know, the problem with this game, more than anything, is that for the first 47, 48 minutes of this contest, the Islanders just looked flat. I mean, there were a lot of other subtexts to this game, but at the end of the day, the Islanders just didn't look very sharp. And third period, they played their best period, and maybe the last seven minutes or so of the game, they actually looked pretty good. But by then, they're already down two to nothing. It's too little, too late. And look, This is an Islanders team that's not that different from the team that went to the conference final in each of the last two years. But this team has never been about, oh, we're so talented, we're so good, we can just show up, come out, and and win hockey games. This is the LA Kings that they were playing. And the LA Kings are in the fight for a playoff berth, 
but they're not an elite team. They're a good team, not a great team. They're they're a, a team that you have to actually go out there and put a solid effort out there for, you know, look, there are ebbs and flows in every game. You're not going to dominate for 60 minutes, but you got to be out there for 60 minutes. You got to have uh, a little bit of, of urgency and a little bit of determination. And the Islanders just came out in this game and were flat. And, you know, what did they have? Three shots on goal in the first period, 14 or 15 after two periods. That's just not really going to get it done. And yeah, you know, there were posts. Dobson hit a post. Sallow hit a post. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. Pellick hit a post. Sallow hit a post. There were a few chances here and there in the first 50 minutes of this game, but just not enough. And again, you go over the shots on goal. At the end of the game, the Islanders finish with 25 shots on goal. But these guys didn't have enough. Josh Bailey, one shot on goal. Brock Nelson, no shots on goal. Anthony Bevilier, one shot on goal. That's three of your top six forwards right there with a grand total of two shots on goal. That's not going to get the job done over the course of a hockey game. You may be able to beat the Arizona Coyotes or a team like the Philadelphia Flyers that's just slumping right now, that's not playing great hockey. But if you don't bring it game in and game out against a a good team, not a great team, but a good team like the LA Kings, you're not going to win. And the second biggest factor in this game, and it's not going to look that way if you look at the box score, Simeon Varlamov, he gave up only two goals, right? Because one of the Kings' goals was an empty netter. But both of those goals were not good goals to give up. They were situations, one early on in the game, and one late, uh, you know, late in the first period, Byfield gets it, Quinton Byfield gets his first NHL goal. But again, Varlamov didn't play the angle well. And on the second goal, which was in what, with five seconds and change left in the second period, it was a momentum crusher as well. But again, you know, Varlamov too far back in his net did not come out and play the angle. It almost seemed like Varley was like, okay, the period's over. And he was not sharp out there when he had to face that shot. Bam, 2 nothing. The difference, I'll say this right now, straight up. If the Islanders were only down one nothing after two periods, they probably win this hockey game or at least get a point in this hockey game. But being down 2 nothing heading into that third period set up a real problem for the Islanders, and they're unable to overcome it. They need a better performance from Varlamov. Yeah, you look at the box score, and it says, faced 29 shots, made 27 saves. That's a 931 save percentage. Good performance, right? But it's not only how many you give up, it's how you give them up and when you give them up. And for Simeon Varlamov in this game, he gave him up at the wrong time, late in the second period especially, that second goal. And also, both of those goals are really, had he played it the way he should have played it, 
wouldn't have given them up. Now, not trying to take away from the shooters, but overall, not enough there for uh, Varley. Just didn't have his A game, and at times it did look like he was fighting the puck. Not so much that he didn't stop it, as much as he didn't seem to cover his rebounds well or control the puck as well. So, you know, there was that. Uh, Some good news, Kyle Palmieri off the injured list, back in the lineup, did not figure in the scoring, two shots, a minus one in this one. Didn't play uh, as many minutes as he would tend to play under normal circumstances. Wasn't on the top line, but again, all of that is kind of to be expected under the circumstances. Palmieri out there for 13 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, Casey Sezikis, his third goal in, what, the last four games or something like that. Uh, so Zeke getting back in it. And and Barzal, you know, nice goal by Barzi, but too much of this game we saw Matthew Barzal holding on to the puck, skating around, holding on to the puck, but staying on the perimeter, not shooting, not passing, not penetrating, not setting up anything you know, you do that on the power play, it's almost like you're killing your own penalty off, your own power play. Barzi has to be doing what he does, holding on to the puck the way he does, and he's great at it, but it has to have a purpose. It can't just be, look at me, look at me, I have this skill set. It has to be, I'm going to hold on to the puck and create space for my teammate and then get my teammate the puck. Or I'm going to do a give and go off of this. Or I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to try to go to the net and maybe do a drop pass. It has to create something. You can't just skate and hold on to the puck for the sake of doing it. There has to be a point. And Barzi, too often, especially again in that first 40 minutes, did not seem to be playing that way. Now in the third period, the goal was great. Uh, and he did have some moments, but overall, just not enough of an effort for the New York Islanders. Shout out to Cal Clutterbuck, by the way. Seven hits in this game for Clutter, but overall, the effort not there for enough of this game, and the Islanders fall short 3-2. to two. When we come back, we'll have a preview of both of this weekend's games, Saturday against the Kraken, first ever meeting between the Islanders and Seattle, and Sunday against the Minnesota Wild. Plus, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it. Other protein bars can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spill. But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream. I love the salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. 
Head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Two games this weekend coming up for the New York Islanders, and I'm telling you, they got to get at least three points from these two games. Now, first game will be played Saturday afternoon. That's a 2 o'clock game. It will be against the Seattle Kraken. And the Islanders, look, Seattle is a team that is an expansion team. We know that. They are struggling a little bit, as expansion teams typically do. No, the Vegas Golden Knights are not normal for an expansion team uh, and how quickly they were successful. So, look, Seattle, more than halfway through their schedule right now. And, you know, they're coming off an overtime win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on this East Coast trip. This was the, that was their first game. They're going to play the Islanders Saturday. They're going to play the Rangers Sunday and then the Bruins next week to finish out the road trip. But overall, the Kraken uh, playing a little bit better as of late. You know, they've won three of their last five and beating the Penguins two to one after being down one nothing is definitely a plus. But here's the situation. Seattle. 12 games under NHL 500, 24th in the league in goals, 430th in goals against. Power play is only 23rd, the penalty kill 20th. They are not an outstanding team. Philip Grubauer is their starting goaltender. And, uh, you know, an 883 save percentage and a 328 goals against average, not exactly <clears throat> lights out kind of numbers. Jared McCann, their leading scorer with 16 goals in 37 games. Uh, he has also 25 points to lead the team. Alex Wenberg has 16 assists. That's high on the team uh, right now. And, you know, they, they do have a balance on scoring. Jordan Eberle, a very familiar face for Islander fans, second on the team with a dozen goals and 24 points. So he's second in goals scored, second in points. He's also a minus 18. Uh, so there's that. But overall, you know, Seattle, you can't take them lightly. You're going to have to play well to beat them, but they're still trying to sort of figure out their culture and figure out what they do best. And, you know, uh, the Islanders at home against the expansion Kraken got to pick up two points if you hope to get back into the playoff fight. Their line combinations, top line, Jared McCann with Marcus Johansson and Jordan Eberle on either side of him. You know, here's the thing, Eberle, Islanders, you know, lost him in the expansion draft, but he's outscoring Kyle Palmieri by quite a large margin. Second line for Seattle, Yanni Gord with uh, Callie uh, Yarkrock. And Mason Appleton on either side of him. Wenberg, Alex, Alexander Wenberg is the third line center. Ryan Donato and Eunice Donskoy are his wingers. And then Riley Sheehan centers Carson Kuhlman and Colin Blackwell as the fourth line. The defensive pairings, Adam Larson and Mark Giordano, the top pairing. William Borgen and Vince Dunn is the second pair. And then Hayden Fleury and Jeremy Lousen, they are the third pair, the goaltenders as we mentioned, Philip Grubauer and Joey Dacord right now. Injury-wise, Brandon Tanev 
Jaden Schwartz on IR. Carson Soucy is listed as out, while uh, a couple of players, Chris uh, Dredger and Jamie Oleksiak, are listed as day-to-day, so keep an eye out for them as far as their ability to be ready for Saturday's game. Meanwhile, Sunday, it'll be the Minnesota Wild, and that is a much tougher uh, opponent to deal with. Minnesota now fourth place in the Central Division, but they have a lot of games in hand on all the other teams, sort of like the Islanders do. Now, they'll play the Rangers on Friday, so we don't know what their you know last game is going to be like, but they'll have Saturday off, and then they'll face the Islanders on Sunday. So the Islanders will be back-to-back, although at home, and... You know, Minnesota, well, they'll have a day off and they're only going from Madison Square Garden to the uh, UBS Arena, not very far. But, you know, right now, three wins in a row for Minnesota heading into that Ranger game. And they have been playing some pretty darn good hockey. Cam Talbot, the ex-New York Ranger, is their starting goalie with Capo Kakinen also uh, playing rather well. In fact, Kakinen has better numbers than Talbot right now. And the Wild, fifth in the league in goals, scored eighth in goals against. They are good both sides of of the ice. Power play, though, only 21st in the league in the penalty kill, 17th. Uh, Ciro Kiprizov, he is their leading point getter. Matt Zuccarello, uh, again, a former Ranger, second on the team in points and first with 26 assists. Uh, And again, I guess, you know, this game certainly would have more meaning for a player like Zach Parise, who spent so much time uh, in the Wild organization and playing for the Wild. As far as uh, the the Minnesota Wild's line combinations are concerned, you know, this is a team that, that has some pretty good chemistry overall, and the Islanders are going to have to be sharp to shut them down. Uh, they didn't get that job done when they played in Minnesota. So now they have to come up and, and get it done when Minnesota comes to the UBS arena. And again, it won't be easy, but if you're going to get back in the playoff race, you've got to get at least a point in games against teams like Minnesota, who are teams that will probably make the playoffs. Their line combinations... Ryan Hartman centering Kiprasov and Zuccarello on the top line. Frederick Goudreau is the second line center with Kevin Fiala and Matthew Boldy on his wings. Joel Erickson Eck centers the third line. Marcus Felino to his left. Jordan Greenway to the right. Nico Sturm with Connor DeWar and Brandon Duhame on either side of him. That's the fourth line. Alex Goligoski and Jared Spurgeon are the top defense pair. Jordy Ben and Matthew Dumba the second, John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov are the third pairing. And then, of course, you have Capo Kakinen and Cam Talbot as your goalies. Nick Bukestad and Jonas, uh, Jonas Brodeen are out and injured right now for Minnesota. So we'll keep an eye on their status. But those are the lineups. Those are the two teams. Again, Islanders need at least three points. Because these losses starting to really add up. These regulation losses really 
hurting the team right now. When we come back, we will have our Islanders' birthday of the day. Do you know who the first draft choice in Islanders history was? We'll have that player and one of his brighter playoff moments to look back at when we come back on the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best, best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On to get started. That's Locked On, one word. And yes, Bet Online will give you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Free money to use on site because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, so check out Bet Online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We go back to the very first draft pick in Islanders' history. Yes, Saturday will be the 70th birthday of former Islanders right wing Billy Harris, the native of Toronto, Ontario. First pick, first overall by the New York Islanders in the 1972 NHL amateur draft. And he came off, he had uh, four really good years for the Toronto Marlies of the Ontario you know, Junior Hockey League, including 57 goals and 129 points in just 63 games in his final year. And as a rookie, 28 goals and 50 points, which is pretty impressive, especially when you consider he was playing on an expansion team uh, that year. Had a 32-goal season in 1975, 76, and 70 points. But, you know, every year, uh, up until 77, 78, he had more than 20 goals for the Islanders. 78, 79, it fell to 15 goals and 54 points, and then at the trade deadline, Billy Harris in 1979-80 traded in the Butch Goring deal, so Harris with the Islanders in 1979-80, but not for the playoffs, and uh, got shipped out to LA, lasted uh, one full season and parts of two others before heading to his hometown team, the Maple Leafs. And then finished his career with a brief stint with the Kings again in 83-84. Billy Harris, 897 NHL games, 231 goals, 558 points, 394 penalty minutes, 71 playoff games, 19 goals, and 38 points. But, you know, Harris was a big part of the Islanders in the early years and part of the reason that this team became a contender so quickly, he was one piece that the Islanders never really had to worry about early on. You could always sort of pencil him in. We're going to go back and look at one of his better moments with the Islanders. May 3rd, 1977, the Stanley Cup semifinals, game number five. Islanders trailing in the series three to one, having to head up to the Montreal Forum. Now, you got to remember, 
The Canadians were the defending Stanley Cup champions that year, and they were on their way to winning another one. But the Islanders were going to not go down without a fight as they faced elimination. Chico Resch in goal for the Islanders against Ken Dryden, the Hall of Famer, in between the pipes for the Habs. In the first period, Islanders get on the board first. Rick Chartres off for holding, and J.P. Parise, Zach's dad, gets a power play goal. His fourth, Pat Price, and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Billy Harris, with the assist. one nothing. Islanders, Habs answer less than a minute later. 57 seconds later, Jacques Lemaire, the future coach of the New Jersey Devils and Minnesota Wild, he gets his third of the playoffs. Steve Shutt and Rick Chartres with the assist. 1-1 one, one after 1. Montreal takes the lead early in the second. Mario Tremblay is first from Doug Risebrow and Yvonne Lambert at 327. But the Islanders answer in the late stages of the period. Dennis Potvin, his fifth from Drew Drouin and Ed Westfall at 1811. After 40 minutes, Islanders 2 and the Canadiens 2. Montreal goes back on top in the third. Yvonne Lambert is first from Larry Robinson and Guy Lafleur. That makes it 3-2 Habs at 11.38 of the third, but the Islanders tie it less than a minute and a half later. Jude Druan is fifth from J.P. Parise and Dave Lewis. We head to overtime, and less than four minutes in, the game winner in OT, Billy Harris, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his seventh from Dave Lewis. Islanders stay alive in this one and force a sixth game back at the Nassau Coliseum. Final score, Islanders 4 and the Canadiens 3 for Billy Harris. One goal, one assist. He was a plus one. Had two penalty minutes in this one. Five shots on goal, which led the Islanders in this game. Islanders only had 19 shots as a team, and Billy Harris had five of them. Those great Canadiens teams could really slow you down, but Billy Harris with the Playoff overtime game winner to extend the Islanders' season. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we wish him a very happy 70th birthday on Saturday. Hopefully, the Islanders can come up with some better performances this weekend. They really don't have much of a margin for error. We'll be back on Monday to talk about it. We'll have our key takeaways and preview all of the Islanders' upcoming games. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert insight and analysis by Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.